0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls.
1: All right. This is going to be a Mike Conley appreciation episode that, you know, Kyle kind of floated this a couple days ago as like an aside, I think, on the Tuesday or Monday episode. He said, no, let's pause this. Let's do a a full episode. But I actually would like to start you with we've gotten some emails, at least three of them in the last couple weeks from the grammar police. Talking about the intro oh. of the show. I don't yeah. know if you've if you've seen I'd a couple seen of these. Too, yep. That I'm just gonna roll it again one more time here and and we can decide if we need to change this going forward or if it's too much of
0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. it.
1: So people are taking issue with survived the David like survive implying lived through already, right? Survived mm-hmm. the David Kahn era and live to tell about it that that's saying the same thing twice that it should be the, these two guys went through the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and lived to tell about it.
2: No, I I, I appreciate that. It must be a good sign for the podcast that it is now being broken down. Like the a Pruder film. Yeah. Uh, grammar has always been something that's very important to me. I never really picked up on that, but also if it sounds wrong or silly or kind of dumb, my vote would be to keep it because that's kind yeah. of my brand, uh, is those things. But uh yeah, I guess that makes sense. I've never really thought about it. If I survive, if I survived, if you David survive Conor the fall,
1: no. Tell- but you know what? If I said, "Hey, I, don't know I survived though. a bear attack in the woods lived and lived to tell about it,"
2: yeah. or would you say, "I experienced a bear attack in the woods and lived to tell about it"? It sounds cooler to say "survived," but. I, I get that. I'm down for either one. I just... Uh, okay. I didn't even want to... I was honestly going to ask if we could just... Pause. I wanted to go... Give me a second. I'm going to go find the Timberwolves in the in the Western Conference standings, then we can start. Oh, oh sure. Just kidding. I yeah. found them. They're first place still. Yeah. You don't uh, have to look too far. Also, too, as we get ready to talk about Mike Conley, last pod you and I did, uh, we had the big question about will or has or when will Rudy Gobert surpass Jimmy Butler on the all-time Timberwolves list? And then Rudy Gobert had his best game as a Timberwolf so a little bit uh you know ball there but uh that performance against Chet Holmgren which you talked about yesterday I think with Judd and Declan against the Thunder was truly the one of the best basketball performances I've ever seen in a regular season game of course in November but I've seen a lot of jazz fans media they're starting to like infiltrate Wolves Twitter because their team is having a really tough season. Obviously, the Wolves and Jazz play tonight at Target yeah. Center, but. But they got a all... bunch of draft picks, so, you know. Yeah, so fun. things they will be really be good okay. for them in yeah. two presidential terms from now. But uh, the Jazz are like, this is what we were talking about. Like, we knew Rudy Gobert was really good, and now the rest of the world is starting to see. So just, I wanted to close the book on that because what Rudy did oh, yeah. against Chet the other day was. I mean, it, I'm, I've watched that game like four times as an absolute sicko. It was basketball, as you and I like. Porn. It was basketball porn to the highest degree. And you sent out,
1: uh, you sent out at least one of. the There's like two or three mm-hmm. video clips from that game that are making the rounds. Of remember, like a year ago on the show, and we had watched a month or maybe even a couple. We probably like watched a couple weeks of Rudy Gobert. First time we've been like entrenched in. Okay, we're gonna watch two and a half hours every night of Rudy Gobert for the first time. And you know he'd he'd show up in the box score with like you know like twelve, and his numbers were down a little bit last mm-hmm. year, but like a twelve and thirteen or whatever, but you're like yeah we need we need to like figure out the name of the stat where he just like train wrecks a possession but doesn't actually get a block or a rebound and you put out one of the video clips it's like a 45 second possession with at least one or two offensive rebounds for Oklahoma City he doesn't tally a stat right he doesn't Mm -hmm. tally a rebound doesn't tally a steal doesn't tally a block and yet he misdirected like six trips into the lane like oh Here I come, I'm Shea Gildas Alexander, I'm going to go get a layup. Nope, I'm going to dribble this way now, because there's a praying mantis about to steal the ball from me. And then the other possession, I think it was a different possession. Yep, it was. Where Chet Holmgren tried, like, three different ways to either get to the rim or get a shot off. And at one point, middle of the possession, Rudy, like, flexed. (laughs) Dude, he, like, flexed Uh mid-possession, he's like, yeah! And then the possession continues, and then he gets... I don't know if he actually blocked the shot, but Chet like airballed and it hit the bottom of the net. And then Rudy gives another flex like, dude, just give this dude the
2: defensive player of the year. Right. It's not even December yet. And we already know who the defensive player of the year is. It's ridiculous. And he had he had two other moments that I didn't tweet out at as they happened. But uh, he had another one where he caught the ball in the post, low post and just kind of one two dribble, put Chet right in in the rim. Just like he did Jaron Jackson, Jr. the night before against the Grizzlies. Yeah. And then another play. And I'm actually this is just absolute get-a-therapist-level type sickness, but he also got dunked on by Chet in a— I think Chet was cutting baseline, and they gave him the ball, and he kind of dunked on Rudy. I love that stuff because Rudy doesn't care. Like, Rudy does not—like, he's going to continue to try to protect the rim. He's yeah. okay when he's on the, the wrong side of a highlight because he has so much confidence now, and I, I still think health plays a role in it as well, but he just so confident. He's like, I don't even care if I get embarrassed— because I know that the world sees how important I am on the defensive end. And uh, it's just – its Tim Connolly must just smoke cigar after cigar. I mean, that man is uh, – 12 months after what he had to start the season last year with, he must just be – can you win executive of the year for a deal you made 18 <laughs> months ago? Like, after everyone buried you, too. And I mm-hmm. think – I don't know. We tried to – I feel
1: like even you and I were wavering a little bit at times, probably – probably had a little bit more patience and confidence in okay this this is a smart dude he just helped build a championship nuggets Mm -hmm. team he's not going to come in here make a trade in the first five minutes and just be a bumbling idiot so there's there's got to be a reason behind this we're obviously seeing the reason a year and a half later but the amount of incredulous complaining that people did a year and a half ago i don't think it's possible at this point for the praise to out echo the criticism but everybody was wrong, dude. Is there any other way to say it at this point? No, I, and I know we're we got 75 percent of the season left to play out here. But objectively, like everyone who dumped on that trade as the Herschel, it's the Herschel Walker trade. It's the worst trade in NBA history. What are the Timberwolves doing? Like they're in first place in the Western Conference and it doesn't look like a fluke. Now, if they lose 10 games in a row and it starts looking clunky again. But this
2: doesn't feel fluky to me at all watching the first almost 20 games. I know we should still talk about Mike Conley. Um, For sure. are actually talking 100%. about something that I wanted to bring up because I just kind of stumbled into this this morning when I was, do you know who the next three opponents are or four opponents are on the Wolves' schedule, like off the top of your head?
1: Uh, it is. So tonight it's the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And then they had the two the two games that were question marks, Uh, the two worst teams in the Western Conference, right? Grizzlies and the Spurs and then Grizzlies.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay. And the only reason I was thinking about that is because, like, the Jazz have a really good young player, Walker Kessler. The Hornets obviously have LaMelo Ball, even though he's injured. And then the Spurs have Wemby. But then I was also just last night, no Wolves on. I was. I don't know if anyone listens to this pod knows how bad the Detroit Pistons are right now. They've lost 15 games. They're the opposite of the Wolves. They haven't won in November. Um But it just kind of got me thinking, and this goes back to the Rudy Gobert trade and all that stuff just how important it is to have Anthony Edwards in a winning environment. Uh, I still think, and I don't know how nuanced you can be or if I can talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I still think the Wolves overpaid for Rudy because I've yet to hear who else was competing against them. Like, if they would have been able to keep an additional pick, right? Like, all the players they gave out have pretty much proven to be minimum contract guys. Vando got paid a little bit, but Pat Bev has bounced around. Malik Beasley's bounced around. Walker Kessler's having a really down year. But it just kind of comes back to, like, the difference between the Jazz or the Hornets or the Spurs or the Pistons. All those teams have really highly drafted guys. They don't have them in winning environments. And I just this goes back to our culture talk. We love talking about this. It's just what would Anthony Edwards – for all the stuff that I get to pull the receipts on now and all the bad comps coming out of 2020 Mm -hmm. and stuff, and maybe he likes football more than basketball. I do wonder if some of that stuff could have popped up. Had he been on a team that had lost 15 games in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, I do. And I mean, Kate, let's use Cade Cunningham as an example. So he was the first pick the year after Anthony Edwards was Mm -hmm. the first pick. Mm -hmm. And if you just look at like the back of the basketball card, you know, stats, okay, he's like 20, 22, 23 points a game. He's, you know, I think he's dishing out like a handful of assists and he's shooting 40%, which is bad. Um, He's a He's kind of a volume three-point shooter, scorer. Mm -hmm. But you would look and say, okay, like Anthony Edwards is a year further progressed and and he's averaging a few more points a game and Cade's actually averaging like more assists and you could kind of back of the basketball card, you could kind of be like, oh, they're actually kind of... But if you watch those dudes play and then you start to dig deeper into their games, like who actually has winning DNA to their game and to their box score, I would classify at this point three years in Cade is a bust right now based on being the number one overall pick in, in part because of the environment. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe some of it's just like Anthony Edwards has that dude in him and other guys don't. But I, I agree with you. And by the way, think about what we're saying here. We're saying that thank God player a was drafted into the wolves culture
2: because (laughs) otherwise things could have gone totally sideways. (laughs) Right. And and this is, if you're listening to this and you want to be critical, like there is some chicken and egg here. It's like the wolves have really turned it around as a franchise a little bit since Ant was drafted. So he gets some of that credit, but you know, Cade Cunningham was a not generational first overall pick, but really, really, really good. I mean, Wemby is, generational and they're like three and 15 and again i I actually kind of enjoy these nights now where the wolves don't play just so i can kind of catch up on the league and it really is tough for these young players that aren't surrounded by other talent i mean that this is all circling back to what we just talked about with the gobert trade some people were very critical like you're rushing the timeline like Ann's not even going to be in his prime until you know he's 26 27 kind of like tatum is right but jace frederick and, and Dane Moore did a really good job of this the other day. It's actually awesome to be putting Ant at 22 into these high leverage, high pressure situations surrounded by a lot of talent. The Wolves cl- clearly have more talent than the Hornets or the Jazz or the Spurs. But that is just expediting this kid's growth and his development. And he's doing stuff now at 22 that it's like, Agreed. I don't know if he would have been doing that if they would have taken the long, you know, Oklahoma City approach and just tried to accumulate picks and stuff and build for 20 when he's 27. They're trying to build for him yeah. now, and he's 22 years old. Jaden's 23, ton of talent on the team, and, you know, there's a lot of... What did we say last week? They have a, a 9% chance to win the finals. Like, that's that's banana cakes to me, and I just... Uh, yeah, the Gobert trade, Tim Connolly has to be feeling pretty good about himself right now because he's got the defensive player of the year, top three coach of the year candidate, and Ant's on his way to be All-NBA.
1: I feel like you... You may have hit on, last year we did, I think, if the playoffs started today or the play-in, we did those (laughs) updates throughout the whole season. Let's see here, ESPN NBA playoff odds, I think is what I Googled last time. This this should be a weekly staple on the show here, where we just tell you what the updated chance is, not for the Wolves to make the playoffs, for the Wolves to win the championship. So here's what we have right now on this Thursday, ESPN.com. Boston Celtics have the number one chance to win the championship, 19%. Milwaukee Bucks have the number two chance to win the championship, 15%. 76ers, 13%. So Eastern Conference representing. Denver Nuggets are fourth on the list here at 10%, followed by the fifth most likely team to win the NBA championship this year, the Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: <laughs>
1: we did it. We did it. Can we hang that banner? I don't even care what happens in December or January. Can we just like... Hey, the Wolves have a 7% chance, fifth best odds in the NBA
2: to win the championship banner. It would Target be Center. awesome. Celebrate. It would be awesome if they just started hanging banners like everything. Just to really like fly. I mean, the Clippers hang all the pictures of their The Clippers hung a banner for Taylor Swift, I think. What? Or like I don't know, someone correct me on that, but like there was like a banner at Staples Center about Taylor Swift. How many times she sold out Staples Center? And I was like, uh, up there when the Clippers had games. <laughs> I don't Lake, think the Clippers were there. The Lakers up there, have but. like
1: nine rows of ba- they have like they're blocking off sections to like drape banners, and the Clippers are like uh, that concert packed the house a couple nights in a row.
2: It's great. It, it was you know fun. what? It, to kind of close the loop because now we're starting to get into like we had our seance and our burning ritual last week, and we're just kind of really talking about hoops now. But it also is cool too because to go back to some of those teams that are really struggling. Um, the Wolves in year one of the Gobert experiment and I mean, it didn't go well. So that's what fueled some of the narratives that had popped up about the trade, but there is, I don't know, from a sports perspective, right? Like you cover all sports. You love sports. People that listen to this love basketball and other sports. It's been cool to watch a team. Essentially the Gobert thing didn't work and they did the run it back tour, and they received some criticism and instead of being like, okay, you know, we tried this, didn't work, blow it up, change everything. They just tried it again. And everyone just tried to get a little better or like be more mature or sacrifice. I mean, Nas Reed, there's a quote that Dane had like last week in the locker room. And Nas Reed said something about players are no longer worried about their contracts. Like we all have the same goal. I was like, okay, that might just be like a PR comment that you would make. And then he said it again, I think after the Grizzlies game or recently Hmm. where it's like, again, he was like, everyone in this locker room now just has the same goal and it's winning. It's not about getting paid and that's like you know last summer or last season i should say you know ant wasn't paid yet jaden wasn't paid yet Nas dilo uh it's just really cool to see that all these guys now secured the bag and then just matured and developed and was like you know what now all i care about is winning if i don't like troy brown jr He was the man, like that, is it Ant's team? Is it Carl's team? I don't know, man. Maybe it's Troy Brown Jr.'s team. It's Troy Brown Jr.'s team now, after a couple nights ago. After just DNPing multiple times, he just came in and was an MVP candidate in that one game. And I just, that stuff is really cool. I Because we're so used to now in our, our favorite team. I mean, the Vikings are going through this, right? You know better than anyone. Blow it up. Blow it up. Tear it down to the studs. And the Wolves just said, you know what? Let's just try again. Let's just step up to the plate. Adjust, you know, adjust our swing, adjust our stance. And take another swing at this, and again, it's very still small sample size, but we are at the twenty percent mark of the season, yeah. And it's it looks sustainable. A week from now, I think we will have another huge milestone to talk about because their next games again: Utah, Charlotte, San Antonio, Memphis. If they come out of that three and one or four zero, especially probably without Ant for a couple games, and maybe not Jaden still, I think we probably just need to put to bed the whole Hawks loss and just be like, that was the third game of the season. And start to really look at like this team is trending week after week as maybe one of the most mature teams in the league. And it should be because it has some older guys on there that are aligned in what their number one goal is. And that's winning a title. I will say that that, that the Hawks loss still, I don't think about it every waking second of
1: the day, but it still exists in my like <laughs> yeah. Timberwolves consciousness when I'm watching these games. And, and that could be either blowing a 20 point lead or it could just be like, not showing up and getting run out of the building and in like the the first fair. quarter against Oklahoma City felt a little bit like that, where it's like, eh, here we go. Oklahoma City is young. They're hungry. Shea Gilgiss Alexander is out there every night trying to prove he's one of the top ten players in the NBA. And they're just they just brought energy. and boom, they're up by ten points at the end of the first quarter. And, like, you know, my Timberwolves PTSD is creeping in That's like, oh, oh, man, is this the night where they just get embarrassed by 25 at home for no reason? You know, the Kings kind of clowned them a few nights ago. But there's just there's there's a little bit more fight in this year's team. There's there's more reference points, too, for battles that they've gone through, storms that they've sort of weathered and they can OK, they can be down by 10 after the first quarter and still know, all right, if we. If we clamp down a little bit more on defense, Chris Finch knows, OK, I'm, let's switch to a little bit of a zone here in the third quarter. We still got this. Right. So that, I, it's it still lingers a little for me because it's not like watching the Lakers after a dynasty where you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. We we know that this is a championship
2: team. But- yeah, I think there's some growth as fans. Like if the Wolves, the Wolves play the Jazz tonight, they probably math will support this, not be up by 30 after the first quarter. Right, like it is a yeah. forty eight minute game. This is a trap this is a trap game, Kyle. Oh, the whole this, the next week is a week trap. Is a trap. And I mm-hmm. will say I've been pretty outspoken about like, hey, the past is the past, we need to move forward. And my wife, who doesn't listen to the pod, which is smart, but does hear me in the other room, did bring up a good point. I was back in Grand Forks, North Dakota a couple of years ago and I got hit by a car running. <laughs> like what? Long story here. Oh, uh, but I was just How fast doing.
1: was the car driving?
2: Uh elderly lady. Coming through an intersection, I had the right of way, but I was just running through an intersection and I kind of got clipped in the butt and just slid over the, over the hood and fell into the grass. But I like to run outside. So the point of this analogy is that when I'm running still, like I'll pass through an intersection every now and then and think like, even just maybe laughingly like, hey, remember when you got hit by that car that one time? Um, but I don't, when I go out for a run every day, think about I could get hit by a car so you don't live like, in fear of getting hit by a car. Yeah, don't like. But don't, you
1: know that if you get hit by a car, you might still be able to like you know finish your run, survive right? and live to tell
2: about it. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean.
1: So, <laughs> there you go.
2: so uh, yeah, it's like the Jazz are on the schedule. The Hornets. I mean that Hornets. There was that Hornets loss a couple of years ago that preceded the Wolves then going into Philly and winning that awesome overtime game. But Mm -hmm. the Hornets are always kind of a game you circle on the schedule of like, God, who knows what's going to happen there? And there's no LaMelo ball. But I do walk into these games now because of Rudy Gobert, because of the defense, not worrying about getting hit by a car. There might be a moment in the second quarter. I'm like, oh, you know, I hope that Prius doesn't find me. But yeah, more than ever, I, I, I enjoy these games and I look forward to them and they have a real. I mean, can you just imagine? I'm not even jinxing. I don't believe in that stuff. Like knock on wood, whatever. The, their next four games are probably the easiest four game stretch they have all season. And they but might. But these be are also aunt.
1: four games with my PTSD. These are the See? games okay, that, that they were fair. awful in last year. And they haven't. Their schedule <clears throat> hasn't provided a ton of these types of games. That's kind of the amazing thing is that they're sitting here first place in the West. There's been a couple games where they've they've played good teams without their best player. But those mm-hmm. those games, like the Heat without Butler and the Sixers without Embiid still don't fall into like a home game against the Jazz category of playing a bad team. No, that's so fair. this. To, so in some ways, these next four games are are one of the pivotal. more it is one of the most interesting tests because these are games that you they had the of all the playoff teams. They had the worst record against below 500 teams. Mm-hmm. They had. What was it like 12 or 15 inexplicable losses? So go go four and zero, even three and one. It'll leave you with a little bit of why did they have to lose that one game? So just if dude, if they go four and zero in these games, I almost I I would almost consider that like a huge test pass. that oh, mm-hmm. they, okay they didn't fall asleep against the Spurs and the
2: Hornets. <laughs> yeah, they're too well. They did play the Jazz, but that Jazz game was at home, sandwiched in between a Nuggets win and a Celtics win. Yeah. It's kind of crazy now to look back at their schedule, but their easiest game was probably Sun this past Sunday against the Grizzlies, a game that got a little tight there down the end. They won it by 22 points. Um, you know, let's call a spade a spade. But yeah, these next four games—I know we just completely blew up our agenda of what we we're going to talk about—but these next four games are a real test. And you do add in the fact that like Ant's doubtful tonight, Jaden's still out. They also have, like, built-in excuses, right? Like, they could lose to the Jazz and even though the Jazz are on the second night of a back-to-back and just be like, well, we didn't have Ant and Jaden. Yeah. But if they go 4-0, Phil, and only two of those games are with Ant and zero of them without Jaden, that's just another, like, feather in the cap of this is just not the same <clears throat> collection of brains that the Wolves had last year. They're really mature, smart, and to Naz's point, they're all focused on the same goal.
1: Well, and the uh, the leader of that maturity is Mike mm. Conley, who mm-hmm. we're going to talk about here in just a moment. After we shout out our friends at Zero Res, Kyle, so Zero Res is here to help you look more presentable in your home for the holidays. We've got family gatherings coming up, dinners with friends. I love a clean house, clean carpets. Okay, I don't want to live in filth. There's no better <laughs> way to deep clean your house for holiday gatherings. Than with zero res, don't DIY it. You're already stressed. You're trying to cram in work, you know, kids, all this stuff. Go to zero res zero res Minnesota.com or nine five two zero res. That's zero res. Spell it forward, backwards. it spells the same. If you ask for the score north special, you get three rooms zero resified, starting at just 190 uh, Sorry, hundred twenty nine dollars, hundred twenty nine dollars, and this month you get seventy five dollars off when you get your air ducts cleaned, so you can. Breathe in that fresh air as you're cheering on your favorite basketball team. 9520 res or zero res Spell it forwards or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. Maybe Shout they could clean the they could clean your mustache too while they're at it. I know I'm, for, the, for the audio audience, we have we're a half hour in almost. We haven't even talked about Kyle's playoff facial hair here.
2: I know it looks like another thing that got hit by a car that's just rested on the, my upper lip. But uh I'm trying to get rid of it, but I kind of made a pact to myself, Make November is a big month for you know, not shaving your face or whatever, but I was like, you know what, I will shave this when the Wolves lose two games in a row. That was just kind okay, of like a well, deal wow. I made with my wife. And also, too, she's the most supportive woman in the world, but she's not really listening to this thing. So she's like, well, when the Wolves lose two in a row, you'll shave it? And I was like, yep. She's like, well, that'll be easy because you follow a team that's been a dumpster fire. Uh, But little does she know that uh-huh. the Wolves are really good. So I might have this thing until March yeah. at the rate you- this is going you should probably update
1: her on the western conference standings every day. She well I mean she sees you she, staring at your your
2: screen for 23 hours a day. Yeah. just giggling giggling and laughing to yourself. She, Does sees she my not screen know what time you're is at? up to. 11 hours a day and 10 of that is just looking at the standings and looking at yeah. Timberwolves Brazil and what they tweeted up. So so Mike Conley this season and
1: again it's been uh, 17 games so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll give some room for regression here but Mike Conley currently has career best or second best in his career marks, a career that goes back to 2007, by the way, in the NBA. He has career best marks in or second best marks in win shares per 48 in true shooting percentage and in three point percentage. And if you extrapolated his numbers per 36 minutes, too, because he's not playing like 29 minutes yeah he's right up there in assists per game too it's like the second best assists per assists per 36 mm-hmm. minutes mark of his career he is now you posed the question just sort of in passing is he the best point guard in timberwolves history I, i'm just gonna throw that question out i have my answer but I'm, i'd love for you to dig a little <clears throat> bit deeper on that do you think mike conley is the best point guard in timberwolves
2: history on november 30th no uh because i just threw that out as a soft grenade on Tuesday or on whenever we recorded Monday or Tuesday. And mm-hmm. then I was reminded and got down some old YouTube like the, my production level at work has never been lower. Got some YouTube rabbit holes of Sam Cassell was really good. Yes like, he was That's, really he, he's good. he's my answer. Terrell yeah.
1: Brandon was also way better than people think.
2: That's true. Sam Cassell, I don't I think he had a couple forty point games maybe like in, in that playoff run. Have to go look at box George, but he was very, very good So no, I do not think if this was a yes or no question that Mike Conley is the best point guard in Timberwolves history. But I also lean into the fact of just posing the question is pretty damn impressive because he's been in Minnesota for like seven months (laughs) and four of those weren't really basketball months. So the fact that we're even talking about, I mean, all the stats you just said, it's time for our weekly occurrence of just reading Alan Horton's tweets at Wolves Radio, but Last year, in his 16th NBA season, Mike Conley registered his highest assist-to-turnover ratio of his career, 4.37 to 1, which was fifth best in the NBA. In his 17th season this year, he has 104 assists and 14 turnovers, Mm. so I'll let you guys do some math. Mm -hmm. 7.21 to 1 ratio, second best in the NBA, and then as you were talking about the threes, second in the league in corner three-point percentage at 57.7. So and, and for, I think he's 44 percent
1: from three overall, like just from anywhere. Yep. And it helps to because you, you could play this game with other sort of role players that are that are if you're on a team with LeBron James or Kevin Gart, go look at like three point shooters that play with LeBron or three point shooters that played with KG back in the day. Like go look at Fred Hoiberg's. Mm-hmm. He led the league in three point percentage, I think, one year with the Wolves because he's just standing in the corner wide open because they always run a double at KG and he finds him. And so when you're playing on a team where Anthony Edwards is getting doubled and cat demands a double team at times or just or if you're if you're looking to sort of, you know, dump the ball into Rudy, like you have to account for his existence. And so Mike is the beneficiary of a lot of wide open threes. And to his credit, he's knocking a bunch of them down. So, all right, here's a hot take off of your question. Mm. I think Sam Cassell by almost any measurement, either objectively or subjectively, is the best point guard in Timberwolves history. He also had a huge impact on winning, right? He was the first, mm-hmm. like, Spreewell was good too, but Sam Cassell was the first true, like, winning sidekick with KG, all due respect to, like, Marbury. Terrell Brandon, highly underrated. I think Mike Conley has a bigger impact on winning games than Stefan Marbury did at point guard for the 25 years ago Timberwolves. Wow. Marbury was mm-hmm. part of the the rise from garbage franchise to playoffs for the first time. But that was also a lot more KG and a lot of Tom Gugliotta for a couple years. And they had some other really good veteran role players. Marbury was, was a huge part of it. But I think Marbury was also very much a volume scorer. He was like a 40% guy from the field. And so that's my hot take, man, is that give me Cassell and then give me Conley in terms of impact on
2: winning. Well, if you just want to go completely reckless uh, I see your take and I will one-up you I think if Mike Conley was the point guard of that team 20 years ago he would have got Spreewell to not focus so much on his contract yeah I bet you he could have because I, I heard Judd say this the other day and I think this is the gray area where as fans or even people that cover the team we don't always know I mean we have access and we see things that you know go into practices going to the locker rooms and stuff but Judd had an idea that may, maybe Mike Conley took Carl aside at some point this season and just tried to kind of show some leadership or just try to, you know, explain to him why some of the things that Carl can do at times and stray voltage hurts the team. We don't know, but that is like my answer. We don't know, like we don't know all the stuff that goes on at the hotels and the bus rides and the planes and stuff. And all you can do is kind of ask other players and all of them post game, pregame shoot around, whatever can take a question that is pretty mundane about any topic. And they just kind of slide Mike's name into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About how Mike, like, oh, you know, like, I don't know, Nas, how'd you figure out how to wear that outfit today? And he's like, well, you know, I was talking to Mike, and then Mike told me that if I wore, you <laughs> know, wore more comfortable shoes to the game, I feel, like, there's just a big leadership component of what Mike's doing right now. And I think not only is he he said it after the Grizzlies game, he feels the best he's ever felt. He played so well against Memphis. But he also I think he maybe is starting to smell the same silly things you and I joke about is that I might actually have a chance to like hit my career goal of winning a title. I mean, we forget that Mike Conley's in the same draft as like Kevin Durant, right? So mm-hmm. there's a couple of guys from that that have had very historic long careers, and Mike's one of them. But the the icing on his cake would be to win a title. So uh, let's look up that draft, the 07 draft. Was
1: that the Odin draft? The too, Odin or?
2: draft. Mike and uh, Odin were we teammates, I think, still oh, friends this Dude, day. That's right. Conley was. He, I, I knew he was a lottery pick. It what year was that? Fourth overall pick, man.
1: 07. Okay. So Greg Oden was number one. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, number two. Al Horford, great career, number three. Mike Conley. And then, oh man, these names.
2: Jeff Green. <laughs> still in the Ye, league. Yi Ye Jianlian. Yeah. Do- drafted once by the famously Bucks. famously dominated a one-on-one against a folding chair. <laughs> <laughs> Corey
1: Brewer was drafted by the Timberwolves. Seventh overall. Brandon Wright. By the Bobcats, Joakim mm. Noah. Yep, ninth Spencer Hawes, AC Law, Thad Young. It gets real dicey after this, man. I'm just gonna skip around here. Nick Young, Daquan Cook, Jared Dudley, 22, Wilson Chandler, Rudy Fernandez, 24. Spain's finest. Um, are any second round gems in here? Marcus Saul yeah, 48th overall
2: to the uh, to the Lakers. Actually, and then who became teammates with Mike Conley? It is mm-hmm. it is impressive. And those guys... I mean, there's still a couple, like I think Thad Young is still in the league. He he mm-hmm. just serves as a veteran mentor for the Raptors. Basically doesn't really play much. But uh yeah, I don't know. I just I I can't you, you kind of not fall in love, but you become attached to certain players, and I've obviously done that with like a Jaden McDaniels and starting to feel those same feelings about a Leonard Miller. But the Mike Conley stuff is he's just we joke about that he's never had a technical, but that stuff is really cool. I really enjoy that he just can play for 17 seasons and never loses cool. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff you hear both kind of publicly and privately behind the scenes about what he has done to help galvanize this team. Uh, and the vibes are only good, Phil, right? Everything is good right now, but they are going to, back to Tim Conley and the deal he made and putting himself in a situation to have to nail essentially every move moving forward. And he's done that so far. Yeah, It'll come up to a point where we're going to be doing multiple podcasts about you can only pick one. I think maybe zero, but if you can only pick one, are you going to pick Kyle Anderson next summer? Or are you going to pick Mike Conley? And we don't need to talk about that now, but, oh, I'm, but as much as I love Kyle Anderson, um, it's going to be, it's, I just don't know how it's not Mike Conley right now. Yeah. I mean, if he can still play at this level, dude, Mike, Mike
1: Conley right now leads the Timberwolves in win shares per 48. It goes Mike Conley, number one, Rudy Gobert, number two, Nas Reed, Troy Brown Jr. in much more limited minutes is next on this list. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniel. And these and these are all like very good relative to the league win share numbers here, too. Uh, and then Kyle Anderson is right there. So the the only ones that are kind of dragging are like Shake Milton. I, th- I would say Shake Milton is the only guy on the team that hasn't joined mm. the party fully yet. Yeah. Right. And I mean, And Nikhil hasn't. I think Nikhil... He's been playing some good defense at times, and maybe this is just kind of who he is. I feel like there's another level to his game, too. But Shake
2: is, like, the only dude who hasn't fully joined this party yet. Is that, is that no, fair? No, that's totally fair, and it you're probably going to see – I not. it's not even making excuses for him. I just – I with him, what he did in Philly last year is not what they're asking him to do here. No. And I don't think that's a complete cop-out or, like, excuse because – I think Finch is asking certain guys to do a lot of certain things, right? Troy Brown Jr. is one of them. He's like, hey, I'm just going to ask you to not play for a while, but stay ready. And mm-hmm. when Troy Brown Jr. was called upon, he delivered. So with Shake, I just don't know if it's a bad fit or a confidence thing because his highs while in Philly were really high, and I was really excited about that signing. But he's not the fastest player, right? He's not the most athletic. He'd certain There's certain kind of aspects of the game. I think he likes to get in transition, but the Wolves aren't necessarily you know, God's gift of speed. Uh, in getting into transition. So his flat's a little shot. I think they just got to continue to either give him reps at a lesser amount, kind of shorten his his leash a little bit, or maybe just give him a week off. But it's tough right now because this team, the one glaring hole is they don't really have a backup behind Mike. And as good as Mike has been, you know, no Jordan McLaughlin. Nikhil's tried to fill that role. Obviously, Kyle comes in a little bit. But watch these next couple games against these bad opponents. When Mike goes off the court, the opponent really turns the screws up on kind of pressuring the ball handler full court and the inability for shake to kind of take that to an advantage is, has been a bummer. So Troy Brown yep. Jr. is well ahead of him right now in my, in my rotation. I think he might even start tonight for Ant, but uh, the shake stuff has not gone well. And maybe that's the contract three months from now that you dangle with a couple second round picks and maybe a, a Wendell Moore to try to upgrade. Yeah. By
1: the way, uh, producer Ross says Thad Young is 35 years old, is still in the league, has played oh. three games this season. So.
2: Ooh, Ross, there's nothing worse than when I'm like, hey, that player was drafted back then and he's old as hell. And then I'm reminded that they're my age. And then I'm like, oh, OK, how, <laughs> yeah. how much longer? I feel like you have a longer lifespan in the podcast game than in the NBA. But maybe I'm coming to an hour. It, it, sometimes podcast careers can be shooting stars
1: in the night, man. You never know. It, this,
0: it gets really bad when the players you grew up watching have kids playing like yes. college sports. Yeah, that's that's the the dude, okay. Like, wow,
1: I'm old. He, Here's one. I remember as a kid, I went to uh, when Daryl Strawberry went from the Mets to the Dodgers in like Mm -hmm. the early 90s. I remember my dad's from Chicago, so we'd go back and visit and go to Cubs and White Sox games. And I remember going to a Cubs Dodgers game and the the Cubs crowd was getting on Daryl because I think he had some like drug issues at the time. As we were looking to the 2007 draft. With the second to last pick in the second round, DJ Strawberry from Maryland, Daryl's kid was drafted in 2007. So like, like Daryl's
2: kid is like 40 years old now. My God. I know it's Remember, like, I, time not, flies. To, not to get into football, but like college football, if you're an NFL buff, like Marvin Harrison Jr. Going to be one of the best prospects yeah. ever. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I had Marvin Harrison himself, the dad on my fantasy team like four years ago. So I when did this happen? How about the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays entire yes. lineup is like kids yes. from players you are it's like Biggio, Dante Bichette's Bichette, kid, Craig Biggio's kid, yeah. Guerrero. A, yes, Vladimir Guerrero's kid. I mean, <laughs> how Rudy Gobert's son, Draymond Green's playing in the league. Like that's right. crazy. Exists, exactly. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Well,
0: crazy. And here's here's one more for you Phil that you'll know. Tory Hunter was playing baseball and his son was playing football for Notre Dame University. Yeah. yeah. So think yeah. about that one.
2: 35 oh, is the new time. 25. Put that as the show lead today. That is 35 is the new 25. Shout out to Thad Young.
0: I think it's so, going to be you got hit by a car. <laughs> no.
2: That should be it right no, there. That might be it too. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you
1: survived getting hit by a car and, and lived to it tell about it. Is what it is. So, all right, Ross is here for, it's been a couple weeks since we've done this. We're going to try and make it a weekly staple. The random wolf of the week on flagrant howls. So Kyle is 2-0 and o in this exercise, correctly guessing Antoine Walker and then uh, J.J. Barea last week. Mm. So, I'm Absolutely. man, I feel like this is going to be tough. I almost feel like we should give Kyle earmuffs for like three clues <laughs> so that I can get an advantage. But uh, Ross is going to throw out a series of clues. We get up to three strikes each. You can just blurt out answers as you will. But like if I guess three times incorrectly before Kyle has guessed it right, then he wins automatically. So
0: be, and you be guys careful should with your strengths. You guys should know I ran this by Declan about an hour ago. I went through the entire list of clues. And Declan did not get it. So, So, okay. I was going to say, you guys handle this.
1: Declan does not. Declan's only been to like four Timberwolves games in his life, including the Celtics game this year. So he's picked some good ones. Okay. So I don't, he, I think of the two, I think one of the listeners came back with a ranking of like all 287 players in Wolves history. Declan probably only knows
2: like 50 or 60 of them. Hey, but you know what? Declan was raised by Wolves. So he's, he's honorary. (laughs) It's, It's tough to remember some of those things. So, uh, if Declan didn't get it after any clues, I'm pretty nervous because I feel like he's been good on other historical things. So, but that in itself is a clue, right? That you gave all the clues to someone that like yeah. is a Wolves fan, but doesn't doesn't have all the history. Yeah, this isn't going to be Alexei Shved. It's going to be like I, his cousin.
0: I think there's one clue that you guys should get right away that Declan didn't. So we'll see okay. how okay, this goes. Okay, right. As cook. Phil said, Kyle leads two to nothing. He is undefeated. We'll see if that continues Never lost. today. Clue number one for Wolf of the Week, gentlemen. This Wolf of the Week played high school basketball for a school that shares its name with a famous spaghetti-eating cat. That won't be a real good hint. I just wanted to say that.
1: Wait. Okay, Okay. hold on. So I'm trying to think of the the famous
0: cat. Yeah, spaghetti-eating cat. Okay. Okay. Good. This wolf of the week was once named his college conference's conference player of the year. Okay, it's good. Good player in college.
1: Trying to think of all the famous cats.
2: Did you? Do you know the? Do you know the cat, Kyle? Yeah.
0: It, come on. This that one was easy. I'm not going to say it though. Thanks. We're going Kyle. against each other. you are going, yeah, you're against, going each against each other. Don't help him out. This wolf of the week has one career win in the NCAA tournament over Utah in the 20 teens. Okay, beat Utah in the 20 teens in the NCAA tournament. This Wolf of the Week's father, Mike, played in the CBA. Oh, Hmm. I'm liking this one. Mm. This Wolf of the Week hails from the soon to be defunct Pac-12 conference. Is it Jalen Noel? Oh, come on. Dude,
2: dude, that is. (laughs)
0: You didn't even that let is, me get to the best. That's lights out. You didn't even let me get a, to the best An, active,
1: <laughs> an well, active in air quotes, NBA player right there.
2: No, so this is. How did so, you
0: nail that one so quickly? Okay, so hear me out. So the first can you read the first clue again, Ross? Yes. This wolf of the week played high school basketball for a school that shares its name with the famous spaghetti eating cat. Okay,
1: okay, I'm going through all the cats. All right. So I, I'm a big Garfield guy and Garfield loved food. But Garfield, so what? What's the clue again? So it's it's a. (laughs) Are
2: you you trying to get Ross on spaghetti over lasagna? Yeah,
0: because
2: Garfield loves lasagna. Lasagna.
0: Oh, oh, that's my that is my bad. No,
2: no, Ross, you put some noodles in some red sauce. Okay, we don't need to. But what? Can you say say the clue
1: again? Say the clue again.
0: (laughs) That's that's a great call. I can't believe I butchered that one,
1: dude. I have like twenty Garfield books from when I was a kid. Garfield, (laughs) but 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 say the clue again. So this
0: wolf of the week. Played high school basketball for a school that shares its name with a famous spaghetti-eating cat.
1: So Garfield, Garfield Gar- High Gar- School, Garfield or high. something, right? and, yeah. and
2: that's in up, Washington, in right, Seattle. So that's Seattle still, yeah, this is us. So I have a friend. It's in out my here. neighborhood that I used to live in. <laughs> I have a friend out here. Dom was very plugged into like the Pacific Northwest basketball thing, but yes, because my original guess was going to be Brandon Roy, because he also went to Garfield High School up in Seattle. Okay. But then when you said something about winning a game in the teens. I mean, Brandon Roy had to have been drafted. He was Hell, Brandon Roy was drafted. I think before Mike Conley, like when I was still in high school,
1: he was the four
2: year, which was five oh, like, or year six or something. So, um, yeah. yeah,
1: that was a I good am, one. I'm sorry. I'm good at this now, but no dude, you're Kyle has a three, nothing lead now. And, <laughs> and I, I want probably to admit, not looking back. At gentlemen. I'm
0: incredibly disappointed in myself. I also have plenty of Garfield books used to watch it growing up. (laughs) Well, no, I still and I still butchered lasagna.
1: Here's the thing, though, like Kyle would have won no matter what, because I I thought you were referring to Garfield. But then I was trying to think of like, I didn't know that there was a Garfield. I spent two years in Seattle, but did not know or equate Garfield High
2: School to Seattle specifically. So
0: honestly, I didn't expect anybody to get that. I just wanted to have a stupid (laughs) clue. Uh, That that was
2: a that was was for me in the Pacific Northwest stuff, because I also know Mike Noel. Like Jalen's dad or whatever, like he's an assistant coach, I think, up in Seattle now too. So uh yeah. okay, that was the easy one for me. I can get my Declan wouldn't get it. The lasagna versus spaghetti thing, that might tear the tear the team apart here. Yeah, the clue you tough.
0: guys stole from me that oh, I really yeah. wanted to get to. Although spelled differently, this wolf of the week's last name can be heard a lot this time of year. In oh, a that's prominent a, Christmas
2: song. That's a good.
0: That's good. I,
2: I appreciate that. really good out so right there, Really good one. You're yeah. you're
0: too good at this, Kyle. You're too good. <laughs> and I never once thought that you living out in that area would actually help get that question right. So Biased. He's really of...
1: man. Yeah. If you start to list like you know, didn't didn't Ridenour play at Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's some Wolves connections up there for sure. Jade McDaniel's Levine's. Yeah. Played. You Zach know, yeah, what, know. Mm-hmm.
0: Kyle, you don't need to apologize. It may have been skewed towards you. Oh, I but you still that. have to you still have to put in the work and get yeah, it right. Yeah, exactly. Which, which Kyle knew what so, pitch
1: was coming. He still has to hit it out of the ballpark. You know? I know the
2: Jazz are coming to town and they suck, but I still got to beat them. So and I did. Look at me, I beat them. <laughs> Good work. So, Good work. All right, boys. thank you,
1: Ross. Great Thanks, job, Ross. Kyle. Man, got We're climbing out of a hole here, three nothing. Uh, by the way, I'll be at Target Center tonight. So if you are a flagrant Howls listener or viewer, come on up and uh, let's 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 dap it up over the number one team in the Western Conference see if they can beat the jazz tonight by the way if you haven't already please help us out by giving us a five-star rating or a positive review on apple Podcasts and spotify and uh, click that like button and the subscribe button on the score north youtube channel so we can keep spreading the word kyle about this timberwolves lifestyle podcast flagrant howls so we'll see how long that mustache stays on kyle's face see you guys